0: Welcome to the Everyday Christian Podcast, where we apply scriptural principles to everyday Christian
1: lives. I'm John Rich. And I'm Gabe Von Trigger. Today, we're going to be addressing the question, does God
0: hate the sinner? Welcome back. Thanks for joining us. We're so happy to be here with you once again here tonight, and uh, looking forward to what God has in store for this message and episode If you have social media, we want you to follow us. You can search us by searching at podcast for the number for him. That's at podcast for him. Facebook, Pinterest, Instagram. Uh, we're on Twitter. If you want to follow us, if you want bonus content, uh, and we, we, all, we have discussions within our social media page, we've got pictures that we share, words of encouragement we, that we share. If you want to join that, that'd be great. Another thing that we wanted to mention here today for yeah. the first time ever is the everydaychristianblog.com. That's the everydaychristianblog.com. Go to that website. You're going to find weekly blogs, yeah, which is incredible, encouraging ones. There's some that are challenging ones. There's some that are convicting blogs. But go there. You're going to find everything from blogs. You're going to find our videos. You're going to find our podcast episodes. Really interesting stuff. And we'll yeah. share it on the screen here as well. But for those who are listening, the EverydayChristianBlog.com for more content. We want to thank those who have listened, those who have downloaded, and listened to our episodes. Really exciting uh, stuff. But The reason we feel that this topic today is so important is because knowing whether God loves every sinner can and should determine how we treat every sinner, Brother Gabe. It's also important to note that when we say every sinner... We're not, you know, we are literally meaning all who are living in sin and partaking in sin, no matter their social statuses, no matter their lifestyle, no matter if they're thieves or murderers, no matter of an alternate lifestyle or if they're pedophiles, does God love each human the same? Now, there's a a lot that needs to be unpacked here biblically. It may take a little bit longer than we're used to. You know, we try to hit that 30 to 40 mark, but This may go over just slightly, but stay with us. We feel like this this episode is going to touch and help some lives. But a couple things we're going to cover in this episode is, number one, we're going to look at the top verses used in the Bible that appear to support God's hate for unbelievers. The second thing we're going to do is we're going to address each verse to the best of our ability and and with our studying. And the third thing, finally, is we're going to speak about God's love for all of humanity and how we should treat Sinners in the long run, so a very exciting episode, brother Gabe. You're not going to want to miss it. I mean, we really do dig deep into these these verses here because
1: a lot of people have some really real real questions. Yeah, and if you take the you know word of God just as English face value and don't really understand culturally, uh, maybe you know Greek or Hebrew portions of it, understanding those pieces of it. You know, it could it could appear that there is there's some real contradictions in the Bible. However, yeah. uh, when you really start to look at it and really start to to meditate to study, uh, that's when you can really start to understand these. And so, let's get into the verses here, the common scriptures that are used to back the claim that God does hate sinners or are unbelievers. Let's let's look in, into those first. Is Malachi one, two, and three? I, and the, and it says, "I have loved you," saith the Lord. Yet, yea say wherein, yet ye say, wherein hast thou loved us? Was not Esau's Jacob's brother, saith the Lord? Yet I loved Jacob, and I hated Esau, and laid his mountains and his heritage waste for the dragons of the wilderness. A similar verse, uh, like the one in Malachi, is found in Romans 9.13. It says, as it is written, Jacob have I loved, but Esau have I hated. Also, in Psalms 5, 4, and 5, it is this. It says this, For thou art not a God that hath pleasure in wickedness, neither shall have evil dwell with thee. The foolish shall not stand in thy sight. Thou hatest all workers of iniquity. And lastly, this is uh, the last verse here. It says, Psalms in Psalms eleven five: The Lord trieth the righteous, but the wicked and him that loveth violence his soul hateth.
0: So a lot there to unpack, Brother yeah. Gabe, and I think again, like you said, looking at it at face value, it can easily appear that God's word is contradicting to itself. I mean, yeah. if God says, you know, for God so loved the world, but then it says He hates the workers of iniquity, what is that meaning? And I, I want to we want to dive into each of those verses and give you our, our answer to that. And, and I got to tell you, this, this was tough. This is yeah. a really hard episode to study for. And, and, you know, I'm, I'm, it's not that I'm not used to studying so hard for episodes, but, you know, it's one of those things where in my mind, I'm thinking the Bible's black and white here. Yeah. You know, how I, I don't want to stray away from what it's saying by what I feel, or right. by what I, but by my emotion, you know, God loves everyone. Of course, this is not what this means, and so it was a real struggle with that. And I got, I, I will say to start off that I was ready to put on here that maybe God does hate the sinner, mm. but we want to dive into each of, each one of these carefully and, yeah. and 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 take and unpack those. So you know, let's look at uh, Malachi one two through three, and then Romans nine and thirteen, which are very similar. So. In ancient times, hating in these two passages had more to do with priorities than they did with emotions. You know, when we see the word hate, we think a strong urge, a strong emotion towards someone. Right. uh, But it had more to do with priorities. You know, an example of this can be found in the New Testament in Luke 14.25. The Bible says... If any man come to me and hate not his father and mother and wife and children and brethren and sisters, yea, and his own life also, he cannot be my disciple. Yeah. You know this verse is not stating hate all those people. No. Right? right? Even though that's what it says and looking at that at face value says, well I should hate everyone and just love Jesus. That's <laughs> not what the Bible's saying here. It's saying that instead of loving all those things over me, you should love me more than all these things. It's a priority. Which brings us to our point here. Right. In Malachi, when God says here that he hated Esau or that he loved Jacob but hated Esau, it's not in a literal sense. It's not that it's not that he hates Esau, but that he chooses Jacob over Esau, or Jacob is a priority over Esau. It means that he loves Esau still, but the word hate in Romans actually means that he loved Esau less. He prioritized Jacob over Esau. And another thing you'll find in, in Malachi one, uh, two through three is is he's not speaking about Jacob and Esau on an individual level either. I think that people take that verse. Right. And they say, well, he's he's literally talking about his strong love for Jacob and his hate for Esau as on an individual level. But but if you dive into the word of God and you 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 get I mean you you get every little detail of what the Bible is saying here, you will find that God is not speaking on an individual level to um, these people. What He is doing in this scripture in Malachi is He's showing in these verses that He favors Israel over Edom. Israel obviously is descendants of Jacob. Edom yeah. were descendants of, is- of Esau. And it's example of the ancient use of extreme contrast. You see, in English, the term "love" and "hate," you know, they have an emotional impact. You know, that's exactly what they are. They're all about emotion. But in A- English. Uh, or or uh, in the Bible here they imply comp- two completely opposite attitudes but it, or, right. I'm sorry in biblical use this is not always the case you know right. it's not always an emotional feeling uh, but the, these extremes are meant to show a clear contrast between God's actions not his emotions towards different nations God has loved Israel in a sense that he has given great blessings and, and cares for them but in contrast he is going or he has destroyed Edom for their sins brother Gabe well said. Um, you know, when, when it comes to you know, adding to
1: that, not going to touch much there. <laughs> well said. The the thought that I had around this verse, these sets of verses, is that, you know, it doesn't talk about when yeah. that he hated uh, Jacob right. and Esau. And we got to understand this. You know, we talk about uh, – there's another verse that you know the bible talks about uh, when it comes to pharaoh and you know how god turns the heart of pharaoh and hardens pharaoh's heart and we got to understand the, the the progression there is that yeah. that um pharaoh he made that decision first and because of his choice god led him down that passing you've made your decision now i'm gonna now i'm gonna continue to um you know to, to follow what the, the decisions that you've already made. I think the same with with uh, Jacob and Esau. Wasn't that you know God hated Esau from birth, right. but Esau also made the decisions that you know the actions that he made. God was saying, "I'm not going to have any part with that." Right. And you know from that sense, you know that is where it talks about you know him hating Esau. It was yeah. it wasn't necessarily him hating the person, but the actions that he's done and him having to um, block that Esau, um, out of that, that birthright because he ended up selling that. And the same goes for every Christian as yeah. well. Whenever we decide that we're going to sin against God, um, he has to put up that wall, that wall, that sin right. barrier blocks right. us between, and that is a, a, a blocking of, of, and we'll get into this yeah. from a judicial standpoint. It blocks him from being able to have communion with us, I and mean, from that sense, there is an absence right. of of him loving the actions that we are in our relationship with him.
0: Yeah, and I think it's it's important that we show this to you as well. You know, we're going to discuss the word hate here, your hateth here. Um, it's a lot different than the than the way we say hate. You know, and I I think. We can probably look, you know, Malachi was probably one of the easier verses. The fun verses, though, we're going to look at Psalms 5, 4 through 5, and then Psalms 11 and 5. You know, the Bible, we're going to look at the workers of iniquity first. You know, this term means those who practice or commit wickedness or evil. And then the terms there in Psalm 11 and 5, wicked and him that loveth violence. And this means that those who are morally wrong and those who have an affection towards Virus now or, or violence now. When when reading these verses, obviously it's going to be easy to say, God hates the sinner or God hates the yeah, wicked. You know, Thou hatest all workers of iniquity, <laughs> right? You know that's simple. It's black and white, right there. But it's not a hate as we hate again with an emotional hate. The ancient Hebrew language, in fact. And please look into this. Please study this if you're listening to this episode. But look at w- what in a- ancient Hebrew language was was transcribed from. Look what the translation was. Yep. You know, back in those times, what they did was they used pictures or um, they, they to, or symbols, rather, to, yeah. to explain whatever word it, it was. It's, it's unique in how its letters and words communicate. You know, centuries before the common Hebrew block script was formed, the language began as a type of pictographic script, yeah. okay? And so those letters formed root words, and the meaning of these letters was often found in the meaning of the root words. That they spelled, and then the meaning of the root word is then connected to the meaning of any words that are formed from the root word. See in our English language today, hate is a strongly emotional feeling, but in these texts, the word hate is the Hebrew roots Hebrew word sawne, and the ancient pictographic letters for sawne are a thorn and a seed, or put together a thorn seed. Yep. And the thorn, the seed of a plant with a small, sharp point, causes one to turn directions or to avoid them. You see, when the Bible says, thou hatest workers of iniquity, that's not a strong emotional feeling against sinners or unbelievers and so much that they have no chance, that they can't yeah. make it, that they're going to be sent to hell. But rather, as Brother Gabe mentioned, it's as if God is putting up a wall because thorn, because you are something that is hurting him. Yeah. And I, I want us to bring that out. It's it's not just God having an emotional feeling towards the sinner, but rather when the Bible says "thou hatest," it means number one that God is an enemy of sinners, and number two, God is putting up a wall or a barrier from Himself and sinners. He is in a way forsaking them. And I, I you know, I know I, I don't mean to use that word as God's never going to come to sinners and all that. You know, right. I believe that He will. Yes. But when the Bible says God hateth in these passages, it's not a strong emotional feeling that we often use it hate it means that he and his righteousness avoids or turns away from those who are living in wickedness right hatred was less about an intense confrontational emotion again and it was more about making choices to avoid physical or emotional pain it reminds me brother gabe of of when uh when jesus hung on the cross i mean great example of this you're you're uh, did Jesus did God hate Jesus no no of course God didn't hate Jesus but why is it when Jesus was hanging on the cross did he look up to heaven and say why hast thou forsaken me yeah does that mean that God hated Jesus or did it mean thornseed they put they put the entire weight of sin on the shoulders of Jesus and because Jesus had that sin God couldn't even. Bear to look, bear yeah. to be near his son. And that is what the Bible is speaking of when it says, hate workers of iniquity. It doesn't mean that he's got a strong emotional feeling. Once again, I feel like I'm, I, I'm reiterating that, but that's how we take it. But that's not what it means. It right. means that God has separated himself from the wicked and from the workers of iniquity, Brother Gabe. You know, the, the um,
1: picture that I get is when Saul was on his way to... Um to you know kill more Christians, yeah, and Jesus you know this bright light comes down God comes down and and knocks him off, and he looks up and God says this, it's hard for you to kick against the pricks yeah and what he was saying is you know I'm guiding you in this direction, but there's something that you're coming up against that you can't you can't fight against it's almost the reverse of that for God it is that we have set up, those yeah. thorns yeah. and he it's hard for him to 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 break through when we do not allow him to do that and yeah. that's that's th- that is the way that he's set it up we've i'm sure you've heard it many times before that god's a gentleman he's not yeah. gonna force himself on you know cre- creation and uh you know that's that is that's that same word pr- picture
0: yeah
1: um you know as as we move on is that all right yeah let's talk, let's talk about you know, God's love. Yeah. Because it's important. We right. understand. We laid clearly, we we addressed the 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 scriptures there. You know, John, you did it so well talking about, you know, really each one of those scriptures, breaking it down, understanding that, you know, whether it is cultural, um, or if it's the actual word pictures from Hebrew, um, what those what those are. Yeah. Um we understand that God doesn't hate the sinner, right? And God doesn't hate you. if you right. are living in sin. God does not Amen. hate you; He's not yes. written you off, yes. but He loves you. You're right. And some scriptures that we want to bring out here first is that John three sixteen: yeah. For God so loved the world right. that He sent His only begotten Son, that whosoever would believeth in Him should not perish but they would have everlasting life. Yeah. So important to to understand that verse and the meaning, the gravity of that, that God yeah. sent his only begotten son, his only one, to die for you. And he loves you so much Amen. that he is willing to die on the cross for you. Romans 5.8 says this, and it's the perfect description of what we have spoken about today. And it says this, But God commendeth yes. his love towards us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. While we were still the enemies of Christ, right. he died for us. What great love. John 1, uh, John, 1 John 4 and ten says this: Herein is love, not that we love God, that He loved us, and sent His Son to be the propitiation for our sins. First John's four eight also yes. says, "He that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is
0: love." Now that doesn't sound like a God that just hates workers of iniquity, <laughs> right? And I love that word propitiation, and that—that that, that is, I mean, all of these verses right here are the example of who God is. But going back to, to God-hatest workers of iniquity, it's a separation. When God, the Bible says God-hatest workers of iniquity, it's an avoidance. It's a separation between God and, and his, his creation. Well said. But what did Jesus do? The Bible says that God so loved the world that He sent His only begotten Son. He loved the world so much that that avoidance that that separation between himself and the sinners, he could not bear it. He sent his only son to die, to be the propitiation, to connect us back with God. Yeah. That is what it's all about. That is, that is the love of God. God, in, in his righteousness, cannot be, can, cannot connect with you. He cannot be in fellowship with you when you are living in sin. But God sent his son to die, to to be the ultimate sacrifice, to make a way to connect with you once again. And that's what it's all about. That is the love of God. God cannot stand sin, but God loves the sinner so much that he sent his son, Brother Gabe. And he's given
1: us an opportunity today to make that reconnection. Yes. And if you're listening to this uh, episode today and you're saying, man, can I ever make that connection again to Christ? God has made a way because he so loved you that he took that opportunity. He took that time to come to exactly right to where you're at today and giving you that opportunity again to Amen. reconnect to him because yes. he loves you and he loves you today. You know, in conclusion, you know, how, how do we treat others right. living in sin? <laughs> well, Matthew five forty four says this, But I say unto you, love your enemies, bless them that curse you, do good to them that hate you, and pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you. Romans 3, 23 says this, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Realizing that we are sinners. We have separated ourselves from God. And, you know, the sinner, they're just... A, a, a version of you yeah. <laughs> before you gave yourself to Christ, right. and you were able to reconnect to Christ. And when we look to, to look to them, we understand that we need to love them yes. as Christ loved them, and He gave Amen. Himself for them. We should also give of ourselves, our time, our talent, our treasure to the sinner and say, we love you. Christ yeah. loves you, and we love you. And we, by that, we can win
0: them for Christ. Amen. And I think our, uh, the best example that we can give is Jesus. We're we're all followers of Christ until we see the actions that Jesus had, and then mm. we don't want to do them. <laughs> That's not how it works. If you're a follower yeah. of Christ or you're quote a Christian, you have to be and behave like Jesus behaved Amen. and acted. Look at how he treated the woman that was caught in adultery. The Bible shows us that he had mercy for that woman. Rode in the sand, all the mm. you know, the elders were there, the, the 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 people that were condemning her. He rode in the sand. Then he looked up, said, He's without sin, cast the first stone. Yeah. Went down, started writing again. And the Bible says one by one, from oldest to youngest, they, they left because they knew that they were without sin. And then notice that Jesus then goes on to tell her, where are your accusers? you yeah. are not here? Then I'm not going to accuse you either. Go and sin no more. Jesus had mercy for those uh, who were lost in sin. In Mark 2, we read... Can't, can't just can't just yes, add, add
1: yes. yes. Yeah, just real quick here, you know, he said, go and send no more. And I just think we were just talking about how God came and made a way for us yeah. to reconnect with him. That's what God did right there. Yeah. He said, he He essentially called out every one of those Pharisees. Right. right. On their sin, and they they left her alone with Christ, and Christ made that way again right. for her to connect with Him, and He spoke to where she was at, and He said,
0: "Go and sin no more." Yeah,
1: man, what a beautiful display of of what His plan was for the world.
0: Yeah, it's powerful, and if you have an accuser, I don't know if it's the devil or maybe it's mm. your neighbor, maybe it's a, another Christian, if they're telling you, look, condemning you, you need to say. Go and sin no more. Jesus is the one who's freed me from sin. Jesus is the one who is able to deliver me. And no matter what you've done, Jesus will forgive and have mercy. And I believe that you as a Christian, if you're listening, should have mercy as well. Now, Again, in Mark 2, we see the account of Jesus sitting with the sinners. And the Bible says when the scribes and Pharisees saw him doing this, they didn't like it. They said, why are you doing this? And Jesus' response (laughs) was just perfect in verse 17. He says, they that are whole... Have no need of a physician but they that are sick. I came not to call the righteous, yeah. but sinners to repentance. Notice that his mission was not to be like the sinner, but out of his compassion, draw the sinner to repentance. He couldn't do that if he curled up his nose and decided to ridicule or embarrass the sinner. Yeah. He had to love the sinner. And I, I feel like that brings us to our final point of how Jesus treated those who were unbelievers. As in Matthew nine thirty six, Jesus shows his compassion for the lost. The Bible says... But when he saw the multitudes, Amen. he was moved with compassion Amen. on them because they fainted and were scattered abroad as sheep, having no shepherd. So I just want to i want to finish this and let you know that as a Christian, you have no right to ridicule, pass judgment, or hurt those who are living in sin. You have no right to hate those who are living in sin and unbelievers. And you may say, well... The way you broke down those verses about God hating sinners is not correct. God does hate sinners. Let me tell you this. Even if God did hate sinners, Mm -hmm. that doesn't give you a right to. Vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. The Bible tells us how we are to treat sinners, and Jesus gives us the prime example of how we should have compassion, love the lost, friendliness to those who are um, unbelievers, and love them as Christ loved them, Brother Gabe. So. Matthew nine thirty six, 36, the, the
1: phrase there, he was moved with compassion on them. Yeah. You know what Jude says and talks about the believer? Yes. Jude says, some... With co- having compassion, yes. making a difference, and that's speaking to the church there, and that's us modeling Christ. Right. He was moved with compassion and was able to reach out to them. Us as well, being moved with compassion to make a difference Amen. in the lives of sinners. You yeah. know, as as Christians, we must show mercy.
0: Yeah,
1: we must show mercy to this world and, and right. reach out to them and show them the love of God. Right. Thank you so much for joining Amen. us today. Uh, we really appreciated this this episode conversation with you talking about does God really hate the sinner? No, he doesn't. He (laughs) gave his life, his very life for them. And he's given you life for you. If you don't know Jesus Christ today, you can. Uh, You just need to simply just accept Christ uh, into your life it's a it's just a simple simple abc yeah. admit that you've done wrong believe on christ and confess your sins yes. to him turning from your sin and seeking him with all of your heart Amen. your mind and your soul and he can take you to places that you never thought that you'd be able to go Amen. I he can cause cause you to grow in yeah. him yeah thank you for joining us Amen. Today.